Somebody here say, let Jesus sleep. Let Jesus sleep. Today we're about to preach, man. I'm just going to let this one rip. <laughs> I know. Let me take this stupid jacket off. It's like a Carhartt. I don't know what it is. Man, I know I didn't even bring my like I have a I'm telling listen, I, I say this often, but if you're vis can we give it up for all the guests and the people who are here for the first time? I don't I don't even want to know what's happening in your head, but I do want to tell you that if you go visit another church and the preacher doesn't have a sweat rag, you probably should never call that place home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, why don't you do this? We, we're note takers. We love scripture here. Uh, we love God's word. We're, and, and we lean in, we call, we shout down. Matter of fact, I was up in the top just hanging out during the first part of service and y'all were too quiet up there. So can I hear the, the top section get loud? See, I, I'm not feeling that, that was weak. Cause I'm gonna need your help to really preach this thing. So let's try it one more time. Can I just hear this top section get loud? Yes, that was much better. Somebody down here helped them. You shouldn't have, but um, while you guys are turning in your Bibles to Matthew chapter eight, you guys can find that digitally. Or I like to read the the print Bible, the old school. I'm going to be reading out of the Message version. But while you're finding Matthew chapter eight, it's in the New Testament. There's no shame in the table of contents, right? But I just want to talk about my wife. I miss her. She's going to be back next week, so that's great. And um, I, I do want to thank every single one of you for your prayers during this time. As you know, we lost a father and a, uh, my father-in-law, and he was just a great man of God who loved this church, uh, and, and he was incredible. But Julie's there. I'm going to be headed here there after this service. So, um, but I want to talk about my wife for a second. So. When I first got married to Julie, we were at Munster Pool in Munster, Indiana. And the very first time I saw her swim, I was like, rar. Because she, this woman, I, I, I didn't, man, you see what I'm talking about? She cut through the water and look, she's one of, you ever see one of those swimmers that makes no splashes as they're swimming? That is the level Julie's on. Like she is so efficient at swimming that if her ship went down four years later, we would find her on a deserted island with a soccer ball named Wilson. Like Julie is going to survive. She's that level of swimmer. Me, on the other hand, I can swim, but it's like I gurgle as much water as I tread. And it's not really like on the same level as her because swimming was just not a skill that they taught us in the hood. But she was on the other side of the tracks and she was a part of the swim team or whatever. So she had skills to swim. And then fast forward our first year of marriage, we went to this cottage in uh, Monticello, Indiana. And that's to me like the, the way that, let me explain the way rednecks have fun, okay? There's like a body of water and you have a pontoon and you get a big inflatable banana, right? It's gotta be a banana. I don't know why. 
And we were basically tubing. Have you guys ever heard of tubing? Do you tube out here with sharks? Yes. Okay, okay, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Long Island's like advanced hillbillies. <laughs> like weaving in between sharks and stuff. We, but anyways, I was excited about this and I beckoned for my wife and we had the life jackets on and I looked her in the eyes as she was like making the decision to get off this pontoon to get on this big inflatable banana. And I saw this look of discomfort that then I realized was turning into sheer terror. And what had actually happened, and I didn't know this until actually we were going, you know, the whole concept of tubing is see how fast the boat can get and try to give people near-death experience before they, they wipe out, right? And that was kind of what was happening. So then we wipe out, and she gets up out of the water, and she's starting to have a full-blown panic attack. But this didn't make sense because she had so much skill in the water that I didn't understand this irrational fear that she had. And it's just something that I learned about her early on. And today we're actually wrapping up this series talking about trust. And what was funny about that situation is when she had decided to get out of the water and come onto that banana and, and do this tubing event with me, her family was tripping out because they were just like, they had not seen her get into that. that I guess her fear was that there were things in there that, that weren't human in the water. And she could swim in a pool, but she couldn't swim in a lake or an ocean. And she has since gotten over that. But there are just things in your life that you have abilities in, but even those extreme abilities do very little to diminish your fear and your distrust. There, maybe if you're in this place, it's not swimming, but maybe you've got an, a, an ability to grind. Maybe you've got an ability to make money and hustle, but you still have this distrust in your finances with your spouse. You know, maybe you can counsel other people on their relationships and counsel other people through a hard time, but your skills in those areas are not enough for you to deal with your own fear and your own crippling distrust. And, and as I was thinking about this today, I kept going back to Matthew chapter 8. So let's just take a look at it. It says, then he got in the boat, his disciples with him. The next thing they knew, they were in a severe storm. Someone say severe. Okay, this is not just a regular storm. This is a severe storm. Waves were crashing into the boat. He was sound asleep. So Jesus was sleeping in the boat. Somebody say, let Jesus sleep. They roused him, pleading, Master, save us, we're going down. And then Jesus reprimanded him. Isn't that just like Jesus to give you a rebuke and a rescue at the same time? He will literally rebuke you while he's rescuing you. If you know Jesus, you know that's Jesus. He reprimands him, saying, Why are you such cowards, such faint hearts? Then he stood up and told the wind to be silent, the sea to quiet down. Silence! And as he declared that, the sea became smooth as glass. The men rubbed their eyes, astonished. And they said, What's, what, what is going on here? Wind and sea come to heal at his command. Can somebody say, let Jesus sleep? You know, many of you in this room, you, you struggle with trust. You don't tr Some of you have went down the aisle and said your vows to your husband and wife and don't trust them. Sleep in the same bed, but you got a knife under the mattress on your side because you're psycho. Don't trust. Share the same bank account, but check the app all day long because you don't trust. What's D&D? &D? It's Dunkin' Donuts again. Sorry, babe. We have trust issues. 
go to church for 16 weeks in a row. I still don't trust that pastor, though. I don't trust him. Is his wife's name really Julie? <laughs> you know, we, we, we struggle with trust. And as I was going through the weeks, just to recap, the, now I will say this, the listens on our podcast this week were actually, thank you so much. No. They were five times greater for this series than they have been in previous series. Five times. Isn't that incredible? Matter of fact, can we just welcome everyone who's probably listening right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, But I believe that the listens were so great because people were getting free as they were trying to understand the dynamic of relationship. And we talked about love not being a feeling, that love is a choice, it's an, it's an act of the will. We talked about, last week was power, powerful, we talked about how no matter how many encounters you have with humans, you need a God encounter. And that God encounters will simultaneously confront your insecurities and then disable you the right for them to render your purpose inactive. But I actually begin to perceive in many of your hearts as I was communicating that message last week that even an encounter with God was not enough. And my mind instantly went back to Matthew chapter eight because Jesus was in the boat. So the encounter was not enough to quench their distrust and their fears. And so some of you, you cried last week, you were on the altar last week, God moved last week, and your distrust came back on Monday, maybe even Sunday night. And so we're going to talk about what it looks like to have Jesus in the boat, having the God encounters. I'm going to V1 Church every week. This is my home. I scream it out. I danced with Pastor Mike when he danced. I shouted when they all shouted. And Jesus is in the boat. But when it got severe, when it was severe, they said, go wake Jesus up. Go wake Jesus up. If you're taking notes when we're talking about trust today, the very first thing that I think we need to expound on is the definition of trust and what it truly means to trust someone because every chance to build trust is an opportunity for betrayal. Every chance to build trust is an opportunity for betrayal. I saw Julie's face. She was looking at me. I'm sitting on this big inflatable banana. There was an opportunity for betrayal. You have a choice. People have a choice. Here's the definition of trust. Choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. Can I say it again? The definition of trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of something, someone else. You know, when somebody comes to you with information that makes them vulnerable, you sometimes only get one chance to steward that moment and they may never open up again. You know, when people come and visit our church, we take it with a high responsibility because they're making themselves, they made this action to get into the car and to drive here and to try something new and there's a level of vulnerability for that. And we're not gonna be the kind of church that asks you to come up and give your name and a testimony when you visit. (laughs) I've been to those places, right? But people come with a level of vulnerability in your marriage. Some husbands ask themselves all the time, why does my wife not trust me? And and really she did. She just doesn't anymore. Why does my husband not trust me? Well, he did, but he trusted you with something vulnerable. The opposite of distrust or trust is distrust. Here's the definition of distrust. What I have shared with you that is important to me is not safe with you. 
I mean, what would happen if we had that kind of church where it was safe to share things with each other and we knew that the right decision was going to be made with that information? I mean, what would it look like in the context of your relationship if somebody shared the hardest thing they ever shared with you, but you did so right by that information that you built trust instead of destroying the relationship? You know, the disciples, they were in this boat. They were close to Jesus. And, and, and here's the funny thing. They were experts at sea. They had skills. These guys that Jesus accumulated for his team called the disciples were very familiar with the sea. They no doubt had been on boats in storms before. The difference was this one was severe. And these were manly men. They probably drank, cussed, smoked, farted, spit. I'm trying to think what else men do. And, and they, in that moment of severity, they became vulnerable to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, we're all going to die. And this is what Jesus says. He says, why are you such cowards? You're such faint hearts. He stood up and told the wind and waves to be silent. Now, if you've heard this message preached before, I'm about to give you a new revelation because I haven't heard this anywhere. You're about to hear it first, okay? You want to know the reason that I believe Jesus was sleeping in the midst of this severe storm? because he had already empowered them to silence it themselves. Can somebody just say, let Jesus sleep? You know, in our life, many of us have prayed more prayers of desperation than we've prayed of faith. And, we're, and the only time we ever show up was when things get so severe that we're like, God, please rescue me, save me, save me. And he wakes up and he'll rebuke you and rescue you at the same time. But the reason why I believe Jesus was ever even sleeping is because he said, I already told them that they're going to cast out demons in my name. I already told them that they're going to raise the dead and heal the sick. I already told them what kind of power they had through the authority I gave them. So I'm going to go to sleep because they got this. And if you're here and you don't understand the power and the access to power that God's trying to give you to speak on your own behalf, the Bible actually says that the power of life and death is in what? Pastor Mike's prayers, right? The, 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 the power of life and death is in the counseling session that I need so bad. And if I don't get to meet with you Tuesday, my whole life's going to go down the toilet. The power of life and death is in the... It's in that worship set. If I can't get back to worship on Sunday and get in God's presence again, it can't possibly be made better. The power of life and death is in you letting Jesus sleep and standing up and saying, Jesus, I got this. You already gave me power to say, I will have the marriage of my dreams. I will be the man that God called me to be. I will be the wife that God called me to be. I will be blessed when I come in and blessed going out. And you begin to use your own mouth to silence the seas and the waves. Is there anyone here who's going to try it this week? Because something dangerous happens when you make your own declarations. Do you know that in the book of Acts, Jesus literally starts that chapter one off by peace and out. He did the most ultimate mic drop of history. He looked at the disciples and he said, I want you to tell the whole world about me locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. And by the way, I'm going to empower you to do it. And then he dropped the mic and floated up to heaven. And they were like, what? Did that just really happen? Did that just really happen? Because he has given you power to do the things that he's called you to do. And I think that spirit of religion and tradition shifts it back into the priest's responsibility. But do you know that you are the priest of your home? 
Do you know that a man is an atmosphere changer? We're talking about relationships. Have you ever walked into work on Monday morning and your boss had a bad attitude? What is the atmosphere of the place you work? Happy? Welcome home. We love you here. And they have the Mickey hands. No. Because men are atmosphere changers. And what Jesus was trying to teach them in this scripture, when you look at it, is, is you, that wins in the way you have been given the ability to change the atmosphere. We have the ability to change the atmosphere. And I missed out on that so many times in my life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. You can write this down for those of you who are tracking with me. You've got the Apostle Paul who has now taken this mic drop moment from Jesus, picked up the mantle, and began to move into this thing called building the local church and establishing it. And as he was doing that, he, he gets into trouble on a God mission. How many of you know that when you get into a God mission for your life, there's going to be trouble? You know, I think there's this myth that you come to Jesus to solve all your problems, but the reality is he takes away the problems that will kill your body and your soul and just leaves you with the new problems of the mission of serving him wholeheartedly because you're going to go through something. But guess what? I'd rather go through it with Jesus than go through it alone any day. You know what I'm saying? And you've got the Apostle Paul now, after Jesus has gone, understanding a dimension of that power, understanding a dimension of that authority. And he says this, he's telling them at, at the church in Corinth, he's saying, we don't want you to be in, in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all of this came down here in the Asia province. And by the way, we only have a church on Long Island because this dude did what he did. So we're reading a legacy that we all inherited. So he's going and he's sharing the gospel. And he says, it was so bad that we didn't think that we were going to make it. We felt like we had been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. And as it turned out, I love that phrase, as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Because instead of trusting in our own strength, our own wits to get out, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea because God actually knows how to raise the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again and again and again. And if I would have kept reading this into the scripture, he said, and he'll do it on Long Island 2000 years from the time the scripture has been written. He'll do it for Raina. He'll do it for Allison. He'll do it for Evan. He'll do it for the quiet people in the back. I said, he'll do it again and again and again. And sometimes God will actually allow you to go into a storm so severe that you're, you come to your wit's end, but here's the revelation. Your wit's end is God's power beginning. Your wit's end is the beginning of his po possible. Your, the end of your impossibility is the beginning of his possibility. And Julie said it over and over again. Let me just tell you a quick story about my father-in-law. Because of the nature of what he was struggling with physically, he began to vomit blood and, and then that you know, kind of transition him into a coma within a couple of days. And now he's in Florida and he's in a coma. And people in our church said, we're going to let Jesus sleep because he gave us authority. We're not going to pray desperate prayers, prayers of desperation. We're going to pray declarations, prayers of faith. We're going to begin to speak to his body and command it to be healed. And do you know that he actually came out of that coma miraculously and for about a 48-hour period of time, was able to be fully lucid and have conversations. He FaceTimed into our dream team huddle last week. Isn't that crazy? 
And he was able to have these really precious conversations with family. And he was able to, you know, just say those things that you always wanted to say if you had more time. And, and, and do you know that window of time closed? He slipped back into the coma and then he passed away and went on to be, go into glory. When we are singing that song, we go from glory from, glo from glory to glory. Uh, that even means when you transition. The Bible says to be absent in, from the body means to be present with the Lord. And he began to transition from this life into eternal life. But you know, it was such a miracle that they had that time with him because that's not, and when it was all over, the doctors actually came to, uh, to my, my wife and they came to my mother-in-law and they said, hey, can we just tell you guys something, being totally transparent with you? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And, and they began to actually get choked up themselves and they said, what we understand about the condition that he had is that he should have actually died before he got to the hospital. And then the fact that he came out of that coma and had a 48-hour, like, completely lucid and was having conversations with you guys, we don't really have an explanation for that. And they said the conversation here behind the scenes as we were kind of going through this is this is one of the wildest things that we've seen in a hospital in a long time. And, you know, you can, yeah, you can slow clap that in. All the atheists were like, I don't know if I should clap right now. But here's the thing, we declared and we prayed, and actually, let me tell you about the accuracy of it. Someone during the prayer and fasting time actually said, God, I've declared that when he wakes up, the first thing out of his mouth is gonna be, thank you, Jesus. And do you know that my wife, without knowing that was prayed, actually said, when my dad came out of the coma, the first thing he said was, thank you, Jesus. Isn't that incredible? And so we're going to honor his life this weekend. You know, that's where I'm headed after this. But the point in saying that is there was a point with his body that was beyond the expertise of the doctors. Just like the disciples on a boat, Jesus took fishermen on a boat to teach them about the supernatural dimension. See, they didn't wake up Jesus and him say, oh, I got a good, a good idea. Let me show you some things about how to take the mast and the sails and to traverse through these waves. What he actually said was, let me teach you how to speak into the supernatural dimension and there's some of you here that love v1 church for the community because there's a whole bunch of cool hipsters here that you like there's some of you here that you love v1 church for the music because we know how to shred and aaron's working the neck of the guitar and ties banging the drums and you you love v1 church because of the inspiration that you get during the message but can i just tell you our secret ingredient here is not a secret at all it's the holy spirit our guest of honor and the power that comes when you allow yourself to be a conduit for that power. And that's what you're really feeling because if you want good community, you can go join the local metal scene here. But if you want a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to let Jesus sleep and do what he's called you to do. And you know what he's called you to do? To use your own mouth for the power of life and death. And you're asking yourself, what does this have to do with relationships? It's trust. Because at the heart of every single decision to trust is an experience where you have to let go. At the heart of every single moment in your entire life as you go back through the catalog of memories that you decided to trust somebody, you had to let something go. And that's a very hard thing for people to do to let go. 
and, and we don't understand. And for all the correction that I did in this message, the, the moment of faith that I want to leave you on is that if you will just let go and trust God, trust him with everything you have, do a swan dive, do a free fall right into his arms, then can I tell you, you're going to be able to say what Paul said 2,000 years ago. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the one who raised the dead. He did it then and he's going to do it again and again and again and again. And you'll never know the first time. You'll never know the first moment of rescue unless you free fall into his arms today. Would you stand on your feet with me and get ready to jump? I said, would you just stand on your feet and get ready to jump with me? Many of you who have kind of been dancing around this whole thing, and, and for you it's this spiritualism and this, it's this mysticism and it's this, this esoteric floaty experience. Can I just tell you that if, you can, if I can introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ through the, Holy, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, then this will no longer just be a feel-good experience, but it will be the cornerstone, the very rock of your salvation, and you will not be moved from that position. And, 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 and I think that to talk about no strings attached, you know, we have this culture where you're swiping apps to try to connect with people and you're deep sliding into their DMs because some of you are nasty. The reason why I even had to preach on relationships this month, month is because as a culture, we have done everything we can to exempt ourselves from giving trust. And so as you're holding your phone, and you're swiping through your Tinder. Hey, look, it's Aaron. <laughs> As you're swiping through or whatever you're doing, you know, you're, what you're actually saying is, let me, let me try to create a condition where I don't have to trust because I can just ghost this person or I could just choose not to message them back. And, you know, let me slip into that church. I like V1 because it's kind of gotten big enough to where I can hide in the crowd now. And, you know, but God doesn't work that way because he doesn't just want an encounter. He wants to marry you. He wants to be with you when you wake up and when you go to sleep, no strings attached. He wants to attach all the strings. He wants you to be one heartbeat one mind one voice and then his people that you maybe you've been a part of another church and you've been so wounded from church but guess what God's plan he says one body knitted together and that's his plan and, and I wish for your wound that it was any other way but it can't be any other way because your healing is when God takes you to the very place that wounded you the most guess what you've been hurt from a man guess who God's going to bring in your life to bring the healing He's going to bring another man named Jesus who's perfect in all of his ways. Come on, you've been hurt by church? Well, guess where God's going to bring your healing through? He's going to bring another church called V1 to the island so that you can receive the healing that you need. Because God will bring you to the same place of woundedness. So look what he did. He took fishermen and he took them to their own court and schooled them on their own court. Well, wait a second, guys. Isn't these your waves? Isn't this where you fished and your dad fished? Isn't this where you laid down your nest? Well, let me just show you. I'm the one who owns it anyway. And God has taken you into some areas of your life right now to school you on a home court advantage. And he's going to tell you the same thing I'm telling you right now. Let Jesus sleep. It's time for you to do what I've called you to do. I've empowered you. Go all in on what God's got for We baptized some people Friday night. Did anyone get baptized Friday night? 
<laughs> I said that water was so cold, you're going to feel something. I don't even know if it's the Lord, but you're going to feel brand new. All 30 degrees of that water running over your face. But when I, when I begin to just baptize people, and we, Heather and I begin to place them under that water and come up, I said, man, this is such a beautiful picture of what it means to be all in. And I think that these disciples were on this boat and, and they had chosen to follow Jesus, but they hadn't accessed the supernatural dimension. And so Jesus corrected them and said, you really can't be all in if you're just in on the relationship. And, and you have a relationship to me, but you don't really have a relationship with my power. And some of you in this place, you sort of have this relationship to Christ, but not a relationship with Christ. You've got a relationship to V1 Church, but not a relationship with and in V1 Church. And I think to close out this series, right, is to give a moment of trust and come as vulnerable as you can. Passport every single week is just a moment where people come and ask me the craziest questions ever. And they, in that moment of vulnerability, do you know what we're growing up there on that platform? Trust. But you'll never get the first ounce of trust until you let go of what's already in your hand, that distrust that you're already holding on to. So right now in the back of that auditorium, all the way up top is a prayer team that's waiting for you. And they've got words from God specifically for you, and they'll pray you through to the other side. They'll help you make bold declarations for your life. And I want to see that altar filled with people who are saying, I'm ready to do now what God's called me to do. And I want to pray you guys out right now. Are you ready? Why don't you all just close your eyes? This is a moment of decision that we create every single week at V1 Church because I cannot miss an opportunity to introduce somebody to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe some of you are on the boat and you know Jesus is there, but maybe you don't know that, that you have a Savior and that you can know Him personally. And if you're here and just over the course of this series, over the course of this service, you felt the Holy Spirit prompting your heart, you want to meet Jesus, you want to meet that man for the first time with every eye closed, would you just raise your hands? Come on. Come on, you can put your hands down. There's so many hands in this place. People who just, you're beginning to start your journey. We've got these following Jesus books that you can read and we're going to pair you with a person so that you can start your journey beyond the Sunday morning experience because this is really the beginning of the week, not the end of it, but we're going to just pray out a very triumphant prayer and just celebrate with everyone here who raised their hand for the first time to make that decision. And we're just going to get loud and believe that even the angels of heaven are celebrating with us. You ready? So just join with the people who raised their hands. Let's make a confession and just pray before the Lord. And you can borrow my words, all right? So everyone just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who died for me on the cross and rose three days later and now he is alive forevermore forgive me of my sins wash me clean make me new I belong to you forevermore and the best is yet to come because I belong to you in Jesus mighty name and everyone just shout Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.